After many years as an interior designer, I've seen my share of design mistakes. And maybe you've made a few yourself. I know I have. With my clients, so many of them seek out my services and want to work with me after they've made mistakes. And I wish they knew to get help sooner so they could avoid all that wasted time and money. So today we're going to talk about six must-know DIY design tips or best practices. These tips will help you avoid expensive design mistakes, saving you time, money, and frustration when updating your home. So let's dive in so you can confidently DIY without ending up with a D-U-D. Dud. Welcome to Home and Nestorations, the podcast that helps you design and decorate your home with confidence. I'm your host, interior designer and best of house winner, Sally Sorcelli, here to help you create a home you'll love. Whether you're a homeowner, a design enthusiast, or a budding interior designer, you're in the right place for all things home and design. Thanks for listening. All right, we're going back to some basics on today's episode. And if you listen to and follow the advice I share with you today, you can avoid a lot of headaches, wasted time, and wasted money. So today's design conversation is about six tips, or we can call them best practices, that'll help you avoid those pesky design mistakes. And don't be fooled because some of these tips might seem like no-brainers. The majority of my design clients sought out my services because they didn't know or pay attention to these six simple tips. First up is number one, patience is your friend. Take your time. Don't rush it. So nothing leads to potential expensive DIY design mistakes like rushing your home design. So as an interior designer, I have to start designs from scratch all the time. It's naturally part of my job. And while I absolutely love it, I'd be lying if I said it isn't stressful at times. When I first start designing for my clients, I give myself several weeks, even longer, to create the design. Yes several weeks to a month or more, sometimes even longer if it's multiple spaces in the design. The challenge is, in our society today, we want things now, yesterday, in two days with Amazon Prime, right? But home design doesn't work that way, especially after the pandemic. On a side note here, things are just taking much longer furniture, materials, contractors. It is just much harder these days. But either way, you still needed to take time before the pandemic or after. So good designs develop over time. And I want you to give yourself plenty of time to let the creative process strike. There's power in the pause. 
I want you to walk in furniture showrooms or browse catalogs and search online for inspiration. But I don't want you to buy anything yet unless you can return it. And then it's probably okay, although I still like to wait. Then I want you to sleep on it. Remember to give yourself the gift of patience and browse stores with the intention of just looking. And this is something I've mentioned to clients and on other episodes in this podcast. But when you go out shopping and you're looking for something and you just want to find that one thing. Maybe it's a great dress to go out one night, or you're looking for the perfect pair of shoes that won't pinch your toes at the wedding you're going to. You'll look and look and look, but you're not going to find exactly what you want. But other times, you're just casually shopping just to have fun, kill a little time, and you come home with bags of stuff. So, You set your intention just to enjoy the shopping process. And that's what I want you to do with your home. Just set the intention that you will shop and just see what's out there. Absorb it, take it in. And if you find something that works, great. If not, you'll try again. Then sleep on it. Anything you find, it's good just to sleep on it. And, which I did just say a minute ago, but it's worth repeating. And when you're shopping, I want you to take notes and note what piques your interest and what items you look at or furniture pieces make you do a double take where you look and say, oh, I kind of like that. Take note of that. That's a clue that that would be something great in your home. All right, you might hear my pages turn, but I'm a girl who likes to take notes And come prepared so I can give you the best information in this podcast. So if you hear my papers, you hear my papers. Design tip or best practices number two. This one sounds so simple, but literally it has tripped all of us up, including myself. Remember to measure. Now, I always remember the statement growing up. I guess I heard it from my father or just anywhere is measure twice, cut once. And that has stuck with me my entire life. Now, not measuring is one of the most common DIY design mistakes that I see design enthusiasts, DIYers, homeowners make. But luckily, it's easy to avoid and fix. And then you won't have to waste your time and money because you didn't measure. So it can be really tempting to search online or head to Home Goods and spot something you absolutely love and want to buy it right on the spot. But please don't do it. Impulse purchases with your home are not your friend. And it's really important to make sure what you want to buy is the right size for the room you want to put it in. Keep measurements of your home and furniture in your room listed in a note-taking app. That is a simple tip you can do. So keep measurements of your home and furniture in a note-taking app that you can easily access on your phone, on your computer. So when you're on the go shopping, you have the measurements right there. 
and you're not doing what I've had to do sometimes is call my husband and say, hey, can you take a quick measurement of my office bookcase to make sure this vase will fit inside of it? You can use an app like Trello. Google Docs is great. Mila Note, I mean, any note-taking app on your phone would work perfectly in this situation. And then also keeping a small tape measure in your car is another handy thing to do uh, within the tip of measuring. Estimating how big something is is not the same as pulling out your tape measure and finding out how big it is. Now, stores like HomeGoods will have those little paper tape measures but a lot of furniture stores will not. So if you keep one in your car or even ask the person working at the store, hey, do you have a tape measure? If they didn't list the measurements on the uh, price ticket. Another thing that is helpful when you're measuring, say you find a piece you think you love and you put it on hold or you've saved it in your Pinterest board to put in your home. A tip that I use with all of my clients, and this is despite the fact that I'll be giving them scaled, professionally done drawings that show the measurements to scale. Every client still wants me to do this, and I can't blame them because you know what? I do it in my own home too, even though I have tools to professionally scale and design all my measurements, is I use blue painter's tape. And I think of it like one of those crime documentaries or SVU where you see the outline of a body on the ground, the dead body tape. Yeah, that's what blue painter's tape is to me. It's dead body tape or furniture tape. Now, if you find something, what you do is you map it out on your floor with the blue painter's tape. It's not going to leave a sticky adhesive that'll ruin your floors. It will work great. When you find out that your furniture is, say, 82 inches by 36 deep, actually take those measurements and lay it out on your floor for all the furniture you're buying. And that way you can walk around it. Are you bumping into it? It doesn't feel too big, too small. Properly taking measurements and buying pieces that fit in your home is such an important design tip that I know doesn't sound so innovative and shocking. It sounds so basic because it is, but it is forgotten by so many of my clients and students. So you just need to remember measurements, 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 measure twice, cut once, use your blue painter's tape to lay it out. All right, design tip, best practice number three. Figure out your design style or your design preferences. Now, when you heard that, your first thought might have been, well, I don't know my style and I don't have a style. Then know that you're not alone. I realize it can feel stressful thinking you don't know your style or what you like, So if that's you, be sure to listen to episode two, where I talk about how to figure out your design style to help you in this case. And even if you don't know your exact design style, you likely know what you do 
but even more importantly, what you don't like. And that's good enough to start. Knowing what you don't like is actually really important because it leads you to your final design. Now, so many of my clients, as I go under the hood with them and really dig in and hone in on their design style, I can easily figure out what things they'll like or not like because I've understood and I know their design style, what they like and what they don't like. Now, when I share clients or share with clients images on a shared inspiration board on Pinterest, this is something I do with all my clients. In the beginning, I create a private Pinterest board that we go on together. I pin several pictures. I ask them to do a few. Some of them just want me to do it, and that's okay. But then we talk about the images that I've put in or that they've put in. What do they like? What don't they like? Is it the bulky sofa, the bright wall color, the rustic accents? Above all, it narrows down their design preferences so I can uncover the design style that they do like. So if they're pinning things with all black accents, black hardware, black light fixtures, then I've got a clue that, oh, they like black accents. If they're doing the same with gold, it's the same thing there. So if you can start looking for patterns in things that you like, your design preferences, that is a really great start. And honing in on your style makes shopping for your home way easier. It eliminates some of the decisions that cause us fatigue when we're shopping that we find so exhausting. We get decision fatigue. It's just as simple as that. Our brains can only handle so many decisions in a day. This is why, is it Steve Jobs would always wear the same outfit every day? And I think Mark Zuckerberg does the same thing. It just eliminates some of the decisions they have to make. If you know you're going to make a lot of decisions with your home, then maybe keep your clothes simple that day. Just do your workout clothes some sweats or a nice pair of leggings and just call it a day so you can have the mental energy to make those decisions. Okay, so let's take your time discovering what your design preferences are to avoid the common mistake of choosing things that aren't in your style. So if you give yourself a little time to really look for patterns, then you'll avoid buying things that really aren't your taste. All right, Tip number four, best practice number four, is take inventory of what you currently have already in your home. How many of us have existing furniture in our homes and aren't designing a space from scratch? For instance, you might have hand-me-down furniture or pieces that you already have that we want to keep. Well, if you don't factor those pieces in, into your design, it's going to lead to mistakes. Before starting your design or refresh, I want you to take inventory of what you currently have, but most importantly, what you're trying to keep in the space. You need to work with what you're going to already use so that they all blend together. So if you're considering getting rid of any of these existing pieces 
and really starting fresher, definitely listen to episode three, where I talk about emotional ties to furniture. Oh, that one's a doozy because emotional ties can really hold us up. So before you decide you're keeping something, go listen to that episode because you might be taking inventory of things that you actually don't want to keep. Once you know what you're actually going to keep, it's a smart tip to photograph each piece you want to keep and add it to your note app or your Google photo album. So I have a Google photo album just for my home, the Sorcelli home, and it has all different photos of furniture I've got, my spaces, so that when I'm out shopping at design centers or stores, I don't always have to remember the exact color or if it had a cool texture or finish. I'll look at my photos. We want to make things easier here, right? Then I want last thing to remember, you get to choose what you keep or don't keep in the space. If your Aunt Tilly's dining room table isn't your jam, then find a great local charity that could use it. All right, DIY best practice tip number five is consider your home habits. I see unlivable design spaces all the time. You might know the ones I mean, right? They're the rooms that you're a little all right, a lot scared to sit in or use. And I personally think we need to design spaces for living and not just for show. So you need to think carefully about how you and your family live day to day and make sure your design works for how you live. When I go to a new client's home for a design consultation, It's written specifically in my paperwork that I send them about how to prepare for our design consultations that I don't want them to tidy up too much. Many of them might get a little uncomfortable with that, and you might too, thinking, yikes, a designer's coming into my house and it might not look so nice. Well, duh, the whole reason I'm coming into your house is to help you create a beautiful, livable design. Taking a ugly duckling to a beautiful swan is my jam. It's what I love to do. So I want to see it messy. I want to see how you live. Design is a no judgment zone, at least for me it is. So I gently remind potential clients to let me see their homes as they really are. For example, if you have a house full of active young children with toys, chocolate fingers, and Korans in the living room, then I'll know that silk draperies and glass coffee tables with sharp edges aren't the best choice for your home. It's important to think about how you live in your home and ask yourself some questions and give yourself the real answers. Do you like to wear shoes in the house? Do you like to put your feet up on the furniture? Are your kids playing hide-and-go-seek behind the drapery panels and under the furniture? Do you like to eat in your family room? Or do you like to have breakfast in bed? Is your coffee table the art station for your kids? Are you a super tidy person who cleans all the time and puts things away? Do your pets go on the furniture? 
You can always use durable materials like performance fabrics in your home, but it's important to make our homes livable for the way you actually live, not just a pretty space. All right, last tip, number six, hire when you're over your head. Now, this final DIY design mistake I see is thinking that you're capable of doing things that are over your skill set. And as a self-proclaimed DIYer, this one was hard for me. My husband, Brad, and I are pretty darn handy and have done some pretty impressive updates to our home on our own over the years. We also don't like to spend a lot if we don't have to. But luckily, we're able to recognize when the task is too hard for us or we don't have the time to give something our best effort. A perfect example, let me tell you about my office bookcases. My office was a pretty plain space. It was literally just, there's no closet, there's no storage. It's just an open space. Used to be I think the builder called it a dining room and I wanted to use it as my office because I also wanted when my kids were younger to have an open door so I could see and hear them as they're playing. Now, I didn't have any storage, like I said, and so I wanted to build a custom bookcase and I thought, okay, my husband and I were super handy. We've done a lot of woodworking. He's built a deck, uh, multiple decks, actually, and then we started thinking about it. We even looked at Ikea hacks. And I just realized that we just aren't skilled enough cabinet carpenters. And after trying some handiwork in my son's closet, when we did a little woodwork in there for storage, we made the wise decision to hire a professional carpenter to build my bookcase. And I have to say, it it turned out beautifully. I We'll again share that. I love to share things in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. In addition, not only did it turn out beautifully, but what took him days would have taken my husband and I weeks or months to create because we would have had to learn every single thing from scratch. We would have had to buy special tools to do it. And if we didn't do that, the end result might not have been so spectacular, which We really did want a good result. When it came time to painting the bookcase, well, I thought I could do a great job at that too. I mean, I have painted every space in my house. We've never hired a painter. I don't think painting's that hard in my honest opinion, and we can talk about that in another episode. I've painted two-story spaces. I'll just get up on a ladder. I don't mind. But there's (laughs) there's a lot of difference between painting a wall and painting custom carpentry. When you're paying the expense of custom carpentry or for cabinets, you don't want to ruin it with a hand-painted finish. You want a smooth factory finish sprayed on and not a bunch of brush strokes. But luckily, we realized that painting a wall is way different, and so we hired that out too, and I am so glad we did. Now it's time for our recap. The six best practices, design tips to avoid design mistakes are one, take your time. Don't rush it. Number two, measure carefully. Measure twice, cut once. Number three, have an idea of your design style 
or preferences. Number four, take inventory of what you currently have. Number five, pay attention to your home habits and how you live in your home. And number six, hire when you're over your head or a pro is needed. As always, you can go to the show notes for things I mentioned in this episode and what to do next. Well, hit subscribe, leave a review if you'd be so kind. That way this podcast can reach and help even more people. Thanks for listening and keep listening to Home and Nestorations for more design conversations to help you create a home you'll love. Mm-hmm.